Love it. All right. We got to introduce the wine, of course. Absolutely. Hey, welcome to the Hello Calgary podcast. We are your hosts, the Prophet Esau, Easy Evan. And are you still sticking with this? You said you didn't like the connotation. Oh, right. No, let's keep the connotation. And infectious in the house. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome aboard, Tidlit Crew. The reason we're called the Tidlit Crew today is because we're not talking about poetry. Because we did prove something there. And we are shifting our focus towards a new topic. Before we get into... Oh, uh, you want to know what the topic is? Should I announce it right now? Announce it now, yeah. Yeah, or, sure. Yeah, sure. Well, you're holding that bottle of wine, and I kind of felt like you wanted to get into that first. <laughs> Before I started talking right, okay, about business. Sure. I guess so. Pleasure before business. Of course. So before we begin, as always, we will introduce the wine we've started with. It is a Joseph Drouin Beaujolais Village. Um, I'm glad we're starting with this one because it's a Beaujolais. And as we all know, Beaujolais is uh, derived from the Gamay grape, um, which is native to the Appalachians in France. And um, we like it because it's a party wine. Beaujolais is unpretentious it doesn't need to be um doesn't need to sit around and stew in its own tannins or things like that it's ready to drink it says drink me as i am which i think is important because it's kind of like how we are we say take us as we are we're not going to be anything we're not cheers to cheers. that <laughs> cheers to that Thanks for that, easy. Of course. No problem, infectious. I'm pretty sure you gave that speech last time, and that's the reason I purchased this Beaujolais. Oh, In the delicious. back of my head, I was like, what will Evan not criticize me for? I call that inception. I planted it in your mind. Totally, while I was sleeping in a dream. <laughs> no, that was a teachable moment. Oh. oh. Why would you yeah. say that? Interesting segue. Yeah. <laughs> interesting segue into our actual podcast which is actually about a former job that we've all had uh, and shared at different times mm -hmm. uh, and that would be teaching which has come into focus recently uh, here in Alberta which is where we teach and uh, both not just for the public board or I think some of you might have even done private boards I did um, mm -hmm. did a private school and public and Catholic um, and so, yeah, we wanted to maybe get into this topic, uh, starting with the question. Oh, sorry. Um, before we even get into questions, uh, on my notes here, it says disclaimer. And I remember you had huh. some kind of disclaimer that you wanted right, to kind of bring forward here. Um, in talking about a profession we had before being ditch diggers, um, it, it's important to note that anything we talk about today... Um, is it's a generalized specific recollection um, just because we're telling stories just because we're um, talking about certain things we have to separate the, the speaker from the events not everything how am I putting this? I'm not even putting it correctly I'm trying to say like just because Did you start a, drinking earlier. Just because right? there's a speaker in a poem doesn't mean we assume that it's the poet. We have to separate the poet from the speaker's voice within a poem, which is what I think we're doing here. This isn't. Um, so we're we're just lying. Like everything we say should uh, not be taken as the truth. It should be taken as well. Like when you watch great truth. 
plays or art. Mm -hmm. when you view art, you're not putting that critical, is this the truth? Right. Is this reality? This is mm -hmm. an opinion. Right. Which yes. is what uh, the Hello Calvary conversations are all about, is just being allowed to share our voices mm -hmm. without the fear of uh, reprisal for having an opinion. Right. We live in a society where that's like a valued, uh, it's a value, right? To be able to freedom of speech. But it more and more, it seems to be eroding, which is what brought our last conversation to the cancel culture, mm -hmm. um, the second half of that uh, pending, right? pending <laughs> review. Got I a thought, little out of hand. I thought the first half was great. I don't think we need the second half. <laughs> well, that was the second half. The first half didn't get recorded, if you remember. Did all the stuff about Charlie Chaplin get... Oh, we made it in. Oh, good. Okay, the second good. time around. Oh, good. We had the same conversation twice because I looked at the machine and it was like, no, you didn't record for the last hour. <laughs> but this time we're in six minutes, boys. Nice. All's running well. <laughs> Full set of battery. And my great disclaimer has been recorded? Yeah. Oh, no, great. I think we got that. So, okay. So we're safe now. Yeah. Like all, we're covered. All names and blah, blah, blah are fiction and... Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like at the beginning of movies. That's yeah. what we're doing right so now. So this is more of a poetic conversation than a yeah, it's like political one of those, conversation. Maybe the disclaimer is like the law and order. Like it's, although it's based on a true story, the events are fiction. Right. Dun dun. So don't try to fact check us because exactly. the facts might be made up. Totally. But the yeah. truth behind them is real. I've never been a teacher. Like any good Joking. story. Joking. <laughs> Just joke. <laughs> uh, so Neither has our it. education minister. The <laughs> minister of education has never been a teacher either. No? He is the worst. I don't even oh. care if I say that. Sorry, I wasn't. We weren't going to get political. We're I don't keep care. it on the personal. <laughs> <laughs> but th that's the other side. Once you put yourself in the political spectrum, aren't you supposed yeah. to like yeah. garner, right? Yeah. Opinion. It's not like we're saying like, "Hey, follow us, everybody," and leading mm -hmm. a movement. We're just saying, "Yeah, yeah." She stinks. And I, <laughs> she doesn't teach. And she's talking from a place that uh, we, I guess, have spoken from. Right. It's a little insulting when you do a job, and right. Anyway, I'm just, I'm just going to move forward. Okay. I'm sorry. Sounds good. Why teach? That's the first thing here. Why teach? Why would you get into this? Actually, before we get into that, I thought we were going to give a little description here. You didn't write that note down. Who are we? Like, yeah. you know, where'd you teach? What's your history? Okay. Right? Okay. Well, well, the three of us all started our careers basically together. It Almost. was staggered, right? One year, one year, one year, basically, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> we all had our first full-time teaching jobs at the same school. Which was a privilege and an honor, I want to add. Absolutely, I agree. Likewise. You were the last one in, right? I was. Yeah. yeah. I think it went infectious. Yeah. You, then me, all in the course of like one year. like the middle child. Year. Yeah. That's yeah. why you act the way you do. And you're the youngest. That's why I act <laughs> why the way you I do. The way you do. <laughs> Uh, sorry, mature one. And <laughs> and it ushered in an era. Like, I don't know. Like, we, we were at a school at a time during a time of change. So the staff was changing over. It was a junior high. We were junior high teachers. Um, we taught together. The three of us taught together for five straight years, hmm. I believe. Yeah. I was at the school for seven. You saw, can I call you? The Prophet Esau. The Prophet Esau. Absolutely. So no, the Prophet Esau <laughs> swooped in for the last, what, two months? Yeah, I had two months stint at the end taking yeah. a mat leave yes. position. 
and I got the dog's dinner. It was options, marketing and management, yeah. and drama was in there. And yes. there was a bunch. Yeah, and and that was such an interesting moment because for me that was my first year of teaching, and I think anyone who's been a teacher knows that the first year of teaching is just chaos is it chaos painful it like, is i've never experienced as much self-doubt well, I, I shouldn't say never but I, it's it's a year that's filled with self-doubt um feelings of can i do this should i be doing this did i choose the right career um am i messing these kids up for life did you actually feel that yeah i was constantly i remember the first that's common i remember the first week of teaching where we were going through all this like i didn't even it didn't even occur to me that when I handed forms out, like these are just like forms with your information. And I had like, there was like a, a purple form, a, a yellow form, a, a white form, a, a green form. And I was handing them out and I handed them out and that was great. And then the next day they all started bringing them back to me. And these are like demographic forms, student information forms. And I'm like, what do, what do I do with? So I have this stack of forms that I didn't even realize I was going to be given back to, right? And and so all these like little things about the job that I had never even thought of. And I, I remember feeling so apologetic for the fact that I wanted them to listen to me at some points. Like, <laughs> I remember just being, oh, oh, can I just say one more thing? One more thing? <laughs> but that was your charm. I guess maybe. I don't know. And then and I realized at the moment, I was like, oh, because I'm the teacher. And I said it out loud. <laughs> I just want to say one more thing. Uh, because I'm the teacher. <laughs> and uh, And I... Like, it was just a weird identity shift for me. Like, becoming a teacher, suddenly you have, I think we probably had close to 130 students, at a, not at a time, but like throughout the day, we would see 130 different students, and they're all looking at you mm -hmm. all day. And it's just because you're the teacher. Yeah. Like, that sense of power that comes with it, just because you're the teacher, you yeah. have these kids looking at you, listening to you mm -hmm. and I kind of felt that same way when I assigned my first homework assignment yeah. and the kids were like okay well now I have a homework assignment to do and then they hand it in and you're like this is the ultimate kind of like power like I've mm -hmm. asked someone I've asked like 30 kids to do something and because I'm the teacher they took it home and they did it and there were no questions asked it was like wow it's kind of daunting I didn't like it yeah. I've never liked the power differential and the inherent power you walk into a classroom with mm -hmm. with the expectation that I'm going to be some kind of leader for these people and not enough expectation and criticalness of like who's this clown who's come in in his first year who actually doesn't know the job but to be mm -hmm. fair I don't think you I don't think any of us acted with that power of course not I think no. it was just like like any job sort of given it was just you hide yeah. your deficiencies while you're learning what the job's all about <laughs> I don't think I was prepared through education for oh, education. God, no. No. Which no. is kind of ironic. Um, oh, right? absolutely. That's ironic. Yes. yes, that is ironic. That, oh, yes. You are Isn't asking. It? That is irony. Yes. <laughs> that education doesn't prepare you. Yes. The whole, our whole profession is ironic. It's, it's like so filled with contradiction and paradox, I think, that you have to be able to laugh at the absurdities of, of what we do. Like what? What we're asked to do. Example. Oh, gosh. Um, picture yourself at a junior high talent show. I'm there. Okay. Think of all the different talents that get, that get 
done there, right? Like the range, the range of different things that are considered talents, the range of um, reactions that students have. Like, I don't know. Like, I remember there was a student lip syncing Alanis Morissette at a talent show. Was it ironic? No, it wasn't. <laughs> it was a different song. <laughs> um, For the sake of the story, you should have said yes. <laughs> and okay, choreographing. Coming up with a song for my home room, which was called the... I, I don't know if I can say the name of the home room. Uh, you're just going to have to replace the last name portion. Okay. Yeah. So the the pocket-sized... Was it, was Peterson's. 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 It was yeah. pocket, 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 full, right? po- pocket, pocket size. Pocket Peterson's. And we, our theme song was a pocket full of sunshine. Yeah, okay? I remember that. And so I'm pocket standing there, sunshine. pocket full of sunshine, which is a song. I got a, a pocket full of sunshine. Yeah. I got a pocket full of pocket full of sunshine. Oh, right? okay. You and were there. You saw this. I thought you would have gone with like pocket full of kryptonite. Anyway, go on. Uh, well, yeah, but it wasn't my choice, right? Because the the 14 year olds are making the choices right, you run a democracy <laughs> and, okay and yeah. you always let the kids choose i and, have a bit of an autocracy going and on. so we have homeroom challenge i should i should not have said talent show i should have said picture yourself at a junior high homeroom challenge okay and so when we introduced ourselves as a homeroom i there were students who had choreographed a lip-syncing well i don't even know if we lips i think we sang it you sang it cool. pocket full of sunshine yeah you just replace sunshine school. with the name. Peterson. Yeah, Peterson. And and so I'm standing there dancing, and I have no dancing abilities, and I'm singing this Pocket Full of Sunshine song. And I can see on that like you're probably second, slaying at first, this point. Second day of school. It was during the first week of school. And we've, we have this choreographed dance that one of the students choreographed, and it was so ridiculous and so absurd, but it's my favorite thing about teaching because it's those moments that are so like purely um, human I guess like that's why you can't really make that happen you can't pre-plan for those types of moments to exist like I didn't know going into that school year that three days later I was going to be singing and dancing pocket full of sunshine with a bunch of 14 year olds so why is that more real than if you created maybe something in your classroom mm-hmm. where they all had to come up with a brand for your and then just did it within your class. What's the difference? Why is that not the same thing? Besides the numbers, like obviously they're the pile of people in the gym. Yeah. I think part of it is that there's the camaraderie. Mm-hmm. You're, uh, you're a team suddenly. Yeah. Like sports, yeah. you engage that team in a real competition and now you're getting real reaction, a real engagement from people and you're seeing... Uh, a truer side rather than the academic side which is what I think education currently elicits a lot of right. in order to fulfill the requirements of teaching mm-hmm. I need to prove to you that I've done a whole bunch of things which means that as you fill up my plate with curriculum I'm a little bit overwhelmed and I guess I can't deliver it in a fun engaging way as much mm-hmm. I don't have the time until you teach the same thing forever I've taught the same thing for 13 years prior to becoming a ditch digger and I was mm-hmm. getting really good at it. Mm-hmm. Right? It's refined. I even know where all the problems I didn't fix from last year are. Right? You get to it and you're like, oh yeah, I totally mm-hmm. didn't fix that from last year. That's old news. That's right, not real yeah. science anymore. It's kind of interesting because I feel like having done the same position for 
like six, seven years now in teaching. Can I mention what I teach? I think so. In yeah. teaching English. Um, I mean, I could recite what I want to say in my sleep, right? <laughs> and it's all sort of in my memory, kind of like a university lecturer where it's just like, here's what we're doing. Here's the, here's this, 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 this. I'm sure I even repeat the same like jokes. phrases, jokes yeah. over and over and over again. Do you like, like doing that? Yes. Four classes in a row, you've dropped something, um, it's gotten a laugh, you're like, here we go again. I do it all the time. <laughs> here we go again, Absolutely. same joke. And if it doesn't hit, then <laughs> you just make fun of the fact that it didn't hit. And you blame the class. It's their fault it didn't hit, right? Yeah, it's always teaching fault. is a lot um, like stand-up in that manner. But, but in that just way, an easier crowd. I feel like yeah, much more forgiving. I do a much better job than I did the first time I did it. A much better job. I'm more commanding. I know exactly what I want to get to. It's I more powerful. Recently. It's more purposeful. Purposeful. But, yes, yeah, definitely. You know what you're doing. Exactly. That's the difference. And, I, and it's, it's so much more commanding. But is it... I don't know. There, there's something that was really fun about the first time you get up there and you do it. You're full of this nervousness. That's the thing. I guess I'm not nervous anymore. Like mm -hmm. I can just get up there and I just... I can deliver no problem. I know exactly what I'm doing. I know it has like value. I know it's beneficial. I know it's meaningful. When you first do that, in your first lesson, you... It's a gamble. You don't know if it's going to hit. You don't know if it's um, meaningful, if it's engaging. You're kind of like, here's what I want to do, and I hope it works with what I'm supposed to do, you know, in terms of delivering curriculum, in terms of, like, you know, teaching these kids. So even though I'm way better at it now, there was something kind of fun about So you say you're sort of better at it, but don't you feel that there was a portion of you back then that's way better, that inspired in the moment, there struggling was, to understand person was a better teacher because it's not all about what you're teaching. Maybe not a better, I don't want to say better teacher. I think I'm a better teacher now. Yeah, but the teacher is the whole package, isn't it? It's not just what you put down in class. It's what you do outside of class. It's what you do extracurricularly. It's what but, you do relationship-wise with students. Um, all of that, I, I feel, factors into the what, what you're really selling here. Of course. And I, but I think I still sell the same, the same everything. Hmm. Um, I'm just more professional in the way I go about it. Mm. Um, more professional. But I'm still, I'm still doing the exact same things I was doing like seven years ago, 13 years ago. It's just delivered in a more professional way. I lose some of that like um, spontaneity in front of the class. I suppose, because I know exactly what I want to say and there's no uncertainty. Yeah, but right, weren't you more so. impactful, even if you weren't right? Even though you were searching sometimes, weren't you somehow more connected to people? Because they're like, look at this guy. That's good. I think it depends on, no, I wouldn't say so. I struggle with that one. I kind of feel like there was this element that is gone now. Like, uh, mm -hmm. I do not act the way I did in my first five years. I, I understand I exactly what you're saying. I think it's the surprise element or like the... Well, let's just say it. I mean, sometimes we did a whole bunch of shit we shouldn't have done. And we, well, honestly, and that was where the fun came. Yeah. The fun came in from like sort of being kind of crazy, spontaneous, like, oh, let's go play some religious dodgeball. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, would... Religious dodgeball. Uh, Whoa. So that was, was a weird reference. So it was part of our religious curriculum. We took <laughs> our classes to play dodgeball. And so how a, does it start? Let he who has not sinned throw the first dodgeball? <laughs> exactly. Okay. And then every that time, great way to start that game. Every time yeah, you like throw that. the ball, yeah. right, you have to say the name of the saint. Right, naturally. Yeah. So, but I mean, these are things that were done before, which were like, I mean, the, the students will probably remember playing religious dodgeball. 
right? More than the time we learned about, you know, schemes and tropes. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, was it the right thing to do? Nope. Should we have played religious dodgeball? Probably not. The right thing to do? <clears throat> I don't know. Like, what, what are we supposed to do as teachers, you know? Like, what's more important? Excuse me. Yeah, I agree. What is more important here? Yeah, like we have, I'm trying to think. So we teach, so Easy and I both teach English, but Esau, you're a science teacher. Absolutely. And the things that we did together at, at the school mostly involved directing plays, um, running the Poetry Slam team. Poetry Slam. Right? Mm-hmm. And these are moments, to me, that are way more impactful than, like, the, the information, the knowledge. Yes, that is true. But all of those things, like plays and Poetry Slam or whatever else we did, those are still connected to some sort of, like, education. Well, Religious dodgeball yeah. is not. <laughs> okay, yeah. Re- re- I'll give you that. Uh, I, I think. disagree. I think uh, <laughs> delivering religion <laughs> curriculum is uh, a little bit coercive. Not coercive, but like... Well, what's the word? Directed. <laughs> right? There's a certain way to believe. It's not about your own individual search for religion. It's This is the religion that we all agree upon. It's the straight-up worst. Honestly. And... The, the curriculum is awful. The part that mm. kind of... It speaks to me is whenever you do something together as a group. Building and a religious community. Yeah, absolutely. It, it really is about community. It is Without true. community, there is no churches, well, right, that create schools and other institutions. Yeah. There's no center for the community to gather. And that was the whole point of religion in the first place. So the idea that we sit around and spend all this time blathering on about the finer details of this faith rather than promoting community is wrong. It is true. And it, oft, it was often religious class when we taught in a Catholic school where we used that time to build the community, i.e. pocket full and yeah. dodgeball and homeroom challenges and things like that. Um, but, I mean, let's just get back to the question. What's more important, right? I mean, right. let's not beat around the bush. The reason that we teach is not because we you know, have this overriding passion for English. Mm-hmm. We do, but if we did, we'd be university teachers, yeah. right? We'd be professors. The reason we teach is the students, yeah. and there's no way around it. We teach because we like the students. That's the best part of my job. And in fact, this is a great segue because I was going to bring a poem into it, obviously, Ooh, okay. if I may. Um, it's kind of a great segue into, like, why we teach and what we actually do teach despite the... Um, the subjects that we teach, whether it's science, English, math, right? Are we really teaching those things or are we teaching students? So, I brought a book of poetry called um, <laughs> Lessons in Falling by one of the city's greatest poets, uh, Tyler Perry. <laughs> and one, it's a long one, I apologize, but I'm going to read it anyway. <clears throat> one of the poems that really... Um, stuck with me in Lessons with Falling is actually the first poem in the book, which is, I don't teach subjects, I teach students. Are you going to do a recitation? Do you mind? No, absolutely. Can I do that? Can I just just point something out? Mm -hmm. 
Okay, yeah. Well, oh, that's our food. Outdated. You know what that is? Oh, our food's here. Okay. Our food's here. You're going to have to hold on yeah. a second. Let's okay. do that. I'm going to pause out Give here. it the pause? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hello, humans, and welcome to the Hello Calgary podcast. Freedom of voice. Great pizza. Welcome back. And sorry to disturb you. Uh, free read there. It's okay. Easy. It allowed us to move on to um, our next wine, which is Sorelli La Colina Biologica. It's a organic wine from Italy. That's what Biologica um, means. Biologica. <laughs> which I'm not too excited about drinking. Um, I am English by nature. And uh, obviously the English and the Italians had a little battle recently. The Euro Cup, which the English lost. It's okay. It's only been 55 years since their last final. The next time I see them in a final, the English, I'll be 80, and maybe uh, they'll win something. So anyway, so against my best wishes, I'm drinking organic Italian wine, which is delightful, and I actually purchased it. So anyway, that's all I'll say on that. Um, hey, you were about to uh, read us something. I yeah? was. So again, before we left, we talked about the reason we teach, and it's all about the students. That's why we teach. It's not curriculum. We don't teach because we. That's want why you to. teach. But yeah, that's why we all teach. Uh, sort of. <laughs> the reason I teach is because of the students. It's not about. It's not about me loving English. I just happen to love English and teach it. But it's it's all about the students. So what if they didn't pay you? What if they paid you like a you know, gas attendant? <laughs> Would you really? love teaching for the students. Would we still have the benefits? Half of them. (laughs) I like to think I get paid in memories and rewarded Mm. in experience. Wow, I get paid in cold, hard cash, baby. And that's, uh, anyway. Not for much longer. Enjoy your 4% rollback. Thank (laughs) you. Hashtag Jason Kenny kill yourself. All right. (laughs) Okay, so uh, from Calgary's greatest poet, the illustrious Tyler Perry. The first poem in his Lessons in Falling is, I don't teach subjects, I teach students. There is um, um, an anachronism in this poem. It mentions something called Nexopia, which is, um, I guess, the precursor to something like Facebook. Um, And because a poem is a living entity, I can actually do whatever I want with it. I'm going to change it, I think, to TikTok. Ooh, TikTok. Because I think that's, would you agree? Absolutely, TikTok works? Okay. I don't teach students. I teach Xbox. I teach iPod and Halo and MP3. I teach rock bands and break dancers, newbies and posers. I teach TikTok, Facebook, and online bullying. I teach the narrow line between slipshod parenting and overbearing media pet strings. I teach down the aisle of a test score supermarket. I teach Justin Bieber and Hannah Montana and Saw 1 through 5. I teach the gay kid raised atheist and sent to a Catholic school, and the angry black-haired white chick with the knee-high shit kickers and a home-pierced beauty mark stud that looks infected. I teach family life and human sexuality to kids who stay up till three watching free clips of internet porn on their flash media players. I teach the loud and the boisterous and the timid and the angry and the giddy and the waiting for something meaningful to tap me on the shoulder. I teach test-taking and desk-sitting and holding it till the bell rings. 
I teach bundles of insecurity and helplessness wrapped in grape-scented lip gloss with glitter. I teach giggles and taunting and text message flirting. I teach body odor and boners and pants put on backwards by accident. I teach digital smart board PowerPoint presentations and chewing the inside of your cheek to bite back the sobs. I teach the kid whose parents just don't know what to do anymore. I teach the kid with a 93 and the kid with a 39. I teach emails and phone calls and missing assignments. I teach mohawks and cut marks and brothers with cancer. I teach band-aids. I teach chewed up pencils and Red Bull and Jolt. I teach in a vacuum that sucked up everything good and pure about being human and sat it in desks right in front of me. I teach the treasures of our future and the most significant beings in existence. I teach beauty and hope and something so perfect it can't be contained. I teach life in a whirlwind that would go on without me. I teach nothing. I teach speechless at the front of a boiling sea of rage and discontent that shrouded in a mist of indifference. I teach hate. I teach love. I teach faith. I teach the Ten Commandments and the Golden Rule. I teach fear and guilt and forgiveness. I teach control. I teach worth. I teach effort and marks and report cards. I teach subjects. Mm. And All right. All I right. love that poem. Thank you. I hope I did justice to what the poet was intending with that um, poem. But the moment that I like the most in that poem is that transition from the helplessness to the hope and where the poem segues from teaching like the, the best of humanity, which I think is what is represented in our students. Hmm. And I've always felt that way. I felt that the best thing about teaching is the students that we teach. And I've never once had like a bad time teaching students. I mean, sometimes they're annoying. Sometimes <laughs> they do dumb things. Sometimes mm -hmm. they like really, really piss you off. But I have never once woken up and been like, oh my God, I don't want to go to school today. And that all has to do with the students because that's what we're in the business of doing. It's not about teaching schemes and tropes. It's about teaching these students who sort of contain hope and beauty and the future. That's it right there to me. It's the where they're at in life, mm -hmm. which is why, like, I don't know if I'd like high school. Mm -mm. Yeah. Junior high is that point where you just start gaining independence. You're starting to realize choices and make your own choices in life. And there's something really beautiful about being at that right at the precipice of the beginning of it all. Absolutely. They're very... Yeah. Um, there's something genuine. They can be influenced. They're yep. innocent enough yet they're sort of aware. And I mean, part of it too, junior high, you spend the entire year with them. You have like 280 days to make connections with the students that you teach. Make a bunch of little easy Evans. A little bit. <laughs> and in high school, I mean, the subject matter is probably more um, rewarding, higher level things like uh, Shakespeare and stuff like that. But Really, I think, again, I've never taught high school, but I feel like you would miss a lot of the connection because in high school, by that time, 
they're just like, get me to university, teach me what I need to know, get me my grade, and I'm going to go to university. And you have maybe nine weeks with a student in, say, grade 10 that you might never, ever see again. Can mm -hmm. you confirm right? that? Is that the way it is? Definitely. I miss a lot of what Evan is saying from the days that I taught junior high. And in general, I would say that there's less of that. I love that bird in the background. Is you that like a crow? Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't mind the crows. When the magpies got here, that's when this bird starts screaming. Is that what that was, a magpie? Uh, no, that might have been one of the crows. Okay. I it like seems kind of ominous when like a crow crows flies over amazing. you. Love magpies, uh, common grackles. You see those ever? Those little blackbirds with the kind of like glisten of blue on their heads. Okay. Don't you have to like small though? Smaller, yeah, like bigger than a sparrow, smaller than a magpie. Don't you have to go to like hmm. a field to see a grackle? No. I've seen them in my yard. They they land in. They call them plagues. So I've had plagues. No of, way. Yeah, they do. Wicked. So plagues of grackles in my front yard. They get the best names, these blackbirds. They do. A murder of crows? Yeah. What's uh, ravens? I actually don't know. Oh. A massacre? <laughs> could be. A fiasco? Yeah, could yeah. be. They, you got to admire the people who come up with the names for birds. Um, but back to what Evan was saying. Uh, I absolutely agree. I think the reason I teach, the reason I continue to teach is is about the relationships, um, the human relationships. And not necessarily always my relationship with students, but the relationships that I see happening in the environment of a classroom or of a school. And often it's among each other, it's their relationships with the material, it's their relationships with themselves. They're coming to places of discovery of identity, right? And so in junior high especially, you're teaching that I think junior high is the most absurd that teaching can get. It's the most contradictory level because you're simultaneously teaching adults and children in the same person, hmm. right? They're making that trans transition from childhood to adulthood, and that's when it starts to happen, yeah. right? And it's a confusing time. It's a bit Kafka-esque. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Because it's, of uh, one second you're talking sorry, sorry, to... Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> That bag just I'm done, flew I'm across done. the <laughs> the lawn here. And like in one moment, in one conversation, you can have like you, you can have the most ridiculous, immature thing said to you, and you can have the most insightful thing said to you. Sometimes in the same sentence by the same person, and and you don't know what you're gonna get. Like you really don't know what you're gonna get when you show up. Like that poem that you just read so eloquently, Evan. All of that is happening simultaneously in any given moment in any given junior high classroom. And I think it does still exist at the high school level, but by high school, a lot of the students are getting this stronger sense of identity. There's a lot less, um, they're starting to gain more control over their, their lives. They're, they're making more choices about their schooling. It's like they don't need you as much not for as guidance. Much. They, yeah. yeah. And they're not confined with you. Like in junior high, you're stuck with each other all the time. Like, oh, we don't have anything to do today? Okay, religion period for three hours. You're with your students, right? That doesn't happen as much in high school. It's more like, okay, well, nothing's happening, so your students can go home. Or, you know, like, but you're never, you're almost never stuck in a classroom making posters and coming up with songs for your homeroom challenge. Almost never, 
Yeah. And if you are doing it, it feels contrived. Do you even have homeroom stuff? There's, you don't have homeroom stuff well, in high school. Yeah, yeah. And there's more of that now than there was. It's a bit more forced. In junior high, Weird. it feels a lot more natural, right? Yeah. And so you have students who are, you know, it's like they're in your classroom for lunch because they can't be anywhere else, you know? They, mm-hmm. But they all take the same classes, too. Like these, yes. In high school, you're all split up. That's just true. Kinda, you're doing your own thing. You're just yeah. in a much more mature situation. Mm-hmm. And... I just kind of feel like, how can you, you're connecting with people at a point where they've decide, decided what their initial identity is. Yeah. And this is going to carry forward through high school and maybe it'll change once or twice or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I'm less interested in that rather than coming at it from people who are, I don't know, I just, there's something about the innocence of elementary, the growing into maturity that is of much more interest than trying to deal with people's uh, actual identities. Oh, in a much more real situation. Junior yeah. high the, the stakes is, are higher in high school. Junior high yeah. is watching like a real life Ovid's Metamorphoses, right? Where like <laughs> you have all these these individuals changing into objects or like gods changing into humans. Yeah. Like you have this, you can actually see this happening in real time, mm-hmm. especially from like grade seven to grade nine or even from the beginning of grade nine to the end of grade nine. And you look at yeah. your like class picture you know, at the end of grade nine, mm-hmm. and they look like adults. Like, they look like, you know, adults. And if you went to a picture that was taken in September, they, they literally look so young, and they look so different. Yeah. And then by grade nine, they're these, they, they've metamorphosized, right? And they become yeah. something almost completely different. Yeah. And that is such an interesting moment to be present for. And we see it as teachers in the classroom. We see it in some ways more than they show their own families you know like they're themselves because they're in their peer group and like you said he saw they're they're in a homeroom and they're traveling together to their different classes so they get to know each other's quirks you know they get annoyed by each other uh and they roll their eyes at each other and some of them have known each other since kindergarten yeah. right and there's more of that family element and it's a loving family it's like we're <laughs> You can have a student yell at another student mm-hmm. for one of their, you know, idiosyncrasies or the things that they do, but there's still that <laughs> familial sense of like the way you'd yell at your brother or the way yeah. you'd get annoyed by, you know, a sibling and that's just part of being family. Yeah. And at the end it's it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like there's the kid who always gets nosebleeds and the first day of class this kid has a nosebleed oh he's gonna be getting nosebleeds all the time you know or, like, or there's a kid who's just like well he's just jumping up and down don't worry that's just what he does <laughs> when he's angry and you're like yeah all right i guess so sure that's yeah. if that's what he does yeah and you have to just accept that yeah do you defend yours do you defend your own when these allegations come against your own students like your kids are creepy i get that a lot oh, your kids are annoying your kids are out of line. I feel like you have to, especially when someone says your kids. Okay, look, they're in your home room. I mm-hmm. guess technically, I mean, they come to you. Especially this year because they just sat there and owned the room yeah. while and we scooted around we've like had some this like, talk. second class citizens. We've had this talk. <laughs> the, the reason the grade yeah. sevens this year for sure thought they were like better than they are. Like, here's what you need you need classroom changes. You need hallway mm-hmm. interaction you need like a grade seven to have their locker beside a grade nine so yeah. they can be sort of like 
bullied a bit or just um, well. not well, not bullied, but like you know what I mean, like just sort of um. No, what do you mean? Uh, what, what, what's Jesus. that word? Intimidated. Yeah. Even just to be intimidated or to walk down the hallway beside some grade nine who's hulking like you know six feet tall, and mm-hmm. you're in grade seven, you're like you know four foot seven. You need to have that sort of intimidation. It it's sort of the checks and balances maybe. of junior high. Maybe uh, like a more PC way of putting it is maybe you need to be humbled a little bit. Humbled, yeah. I love that. Right, you've just Thank moved you. on from a position of power in grade six yep. mm-hmm. to come into a new situation where you are back on the bottom. And that's it. The grade sevens this year didn't have that. They were stuck with all grade sevens, so they they just felt like whatever was in the and especially because they were in their own classroom. Like if kids move to my class, mm-hmm. well, it's my class. Yeah. Like I have my own rules. Because I you're can, there all day. And I can make my own seating plan. <laughs> and I can do whatever I want within my class. Yeah. But when you're a roving teacher who goes to different class, the kids are like, well, this is our class. We've been in here all day. And this yeah. is how mm-hmm. we roll in this class. Yeah, this is how it works in our classroom. Yeah. So yeah. It, was, it was definitely harder to gain sort of a sense of um, order and uh, discipline. Mm-hmm. I did ask my class. I was like... Is this true? Like, are you guys this bad for everybody else? <laughs> this, like, why don't I see this? Why don't I get this treatment? Well, part of it's like, the respect, and they respect you. Yeah, yeah. I found out I get respect. Mm-hmm. See, and that's oh, the thing, yeah. too. So, <laughs> I don't know how, though. I mean, Do you know I mean, there's no... Because, honestly, the other teacher are the better at discipline in the traditional sense. Relationships. And it's relationships. It's relational, right? Yeah. This is like, again, and this happens all the time. Have you ever noticed when a teacher, another teacher complains about your class or like my class it was yours at the time wasn't it yeah but i'm also (laughs) but it's also shit up like well i don't know say they don't do that with me Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so instead of like blaming me for something they're doing in your class while you're teaching uh how do i put this nicely how about you just be better yeah be a better teacher suck it up kg or make but yeah make better connections honestly shout out to kg like (laughs) she always wants a shout out kg (laughs) well yeah oftentimes if i hear a teacher complaining about a student or a group of students i want to ask them and maybe i should you know like well were you being respectful to them you know were you treating them do you say that to the teachers often it's just in my mind yeah Yeah. right i know they're like, because mm-hmm. unfortunately, just thinking this whole conversation that should happen. Yeah. We're bound well, by this law of professionalism where we can't question what another teacher does. But they, I think there's, it's the most Canadian, and maybe it's a good quality where you just sit there and you don't confront them. Because by not confronting them, you allow our relationships mm-hmm. to get a little bit deeper and not so like, and some things don't get addressed. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think because we don't always like nail people for all the things they do, it's not such an abrasive environment to work in. I can yeah. guarantee you, though, like with your class this year, who I had to yell at because they sucked at lunchtime. And I had to yell out too, yeah. Straight up. We all had to yell at. But I guarantee you, if I mm-hmm. taught them English, there'd be no problems. Yeah. I there, don't there'd doubt be it. no problems. There are problems when I have to like walk by the hallway mm-hmm. and it's lunchtime and there's no supervision but I guarantee you if I taught that class no problems Yeah. right and that's just again it's about relationships or about expectations or about I don't know even like knowing what you're doing I mean yeah. come on if, you, you know how it goes if you look at some of the teachers who are often asking or saying your class does this or like why are they so bad I mean, it's easy to point the finger back and be like, well, come on, like, Mm -hmm. look at you. 
you know? And I hate to be disrespectful, so I won't. But look at you. <laughs> like, be better. Just straight up be better. That's all I can say. Yeah. Make better connections. I don't, like, what do you want? Like, I go out of my way to make connections, so they're good for me. But here's if the thing. If you did the same thing. They do. No, they don't. But they're not all their people. And I think there's a skill to being able to connect with that vast range of people. And some people just aren't those people. Yeah. Some people are like, here's my shtick. And this is the whole thing about identity in mm -hmm. high school that I guess I resent. It's because, like, here's my shtick. I'm this person. Yeah. And in a way, I just find it really um, not true. It's, it's not honest. We are many people in many identities. We can Do act all sorts of ways. Our, like, sh our shtick is teachers or the students no, saying No, personality shtick, I guess. Anyways. And teachers have a personality shtick as oh. well. Some of us I'm are like, I got all the dad jokes or I've got, right? <laughs> or I'm really strict. And I drop the hammer at the drop yeah. of a hat. Like, whatever your shtick is or your kind of identity as a teacher is, probably has nothing to do. Like, I've met some really strict teachers who, in real life, are awesome people who I couldn't imagine. I couldn't believe they were like that. It's like people you just yeah. go on the rooftop with and you're like, really? You? <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. Welcome actual, to the jungle. Right? The we actual all rooftop. Yeah. The yeah. actual <laughs> rooftop. I finally saw the rooftop. Oh, and how was it? Was that right? Angled, right? It's like quite angled. It's quite angled. Yeah. Um, going down was tough because mm -hmm. the ladder's pretty sharp and there are like nails sticking out of it. Yeah. But um, we got the group photo. Yeah. No way. And you know yeah. who took it? Who? Don't say it. Administration. Yeah. <laughs> what? Like administration was like group photo. I remember going up there and getting in so much trouble. Yeah, I remember that too. <laughs> <laughs> it was the same year we were singing songs over the PA system. <laughs> Mustang Sally. What, you guys don't like joy? Like, what's wrong with you people? I love joy. Happiness? You don't like happiness? Joy and happiness are important. Yeah. <laughs> Mirth? You don't like it. Okay. Um, so, a couple notes here that we really haven't covered. We got a little bit tangential, but that's cool. That's, that's cool. the beauty of it. That's Absolutely. just the way these like teaching. Um, podcasts work, yeah. Yeah. Um, it says here, welcome, Mr. Brent. Oh, yes. Why did I write, welcome, Mr. Brent? Um, I think I know why. Oh, I know why. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, one thing that Evan, those birds that you heard, do you hear those? Are those chickadees? I, beautiful. Oh, my God. Look at all that thing. They're so chattery. They're blue. They're baby blue jays. It's a grackle. It's a grackle. <laughs> uh, if any listeners out there actually can recognize the sound... We will get you an autographed copy of the poem you had just heard on this episode. I'm and a bottle of uh, uh, Colina Biological Wine. There we go. There we go. If you can name that bird. If you text in in the next 10 minutes. I'm going to take a picture of it. Okay. I like so, to give out real prizes. <laughs> so while, while Isa's taking that picture, I, I think now we're talking about the difference between junior high and high school and how the child element, the childlike element is still there, that innocence, right? But I think in reality, I don't think that goes away. I think we all have this need for our inner child. Okay, I shouldn't probably say inner child because it sounds kind of like... Dr. Spock. Yeah, old. something like that, yeah. right? But like... <laughs> Doctor who? Oh my God, you're that young. <sighs> Let me give you an my example. My back, my back. Is, is that a Knight Rider reference? You don't know or? who Dr. Spock is. Oh, from Star Wars. Star oh, Trek. My Star Trek. oh my god! Oh my god! What's happening? No! Sorry. No! Just stop! Star Trek. <laughs> you don't remember? Uh, uh, it's ancient history now. He's a Vulcan, right? It is. He was a half Vulcan. 
I don't know if he was a psychologist or whatnot, but he mm-hmm. had all this psychology yeah. literature on raising children. Are we not talking about nope. Spock from Star Trek? No, no, don't live long and oh. prosper. We're talking about uh, don't spank your children. And <laughs> I don't know what else Dr. Spock said. He had oh, like shit. a whole bunch of views I got that really all the dictate. Time. I turned out fine. Oh, yeah. Maybe we can do another Immigrant one. Immigrant parent. Yeah. Maybe we can do another one on parenting. Mm. Later. Is parenting dead? Long live parenting. <laughs> I like that. I well, like that. Okay. W- one thing I love tonight. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Segment two, no? Yikes. Okay. Moving on. Back Yikes. to Mr. Brent. David so, Brent, if you will. My very first <laughs> I, I think origin stories are, are really important. Like thinking about how we were introduced into a into the profession. And I remember my very first day teaching at this is an elementary junior high. And the principal, Mr. Brent. Um, the very first thing he did at the very first staff meeting was he pulled out a copy of The Places You'll Go by Dr. Seuss. And he told everyone that I was a first-year teacher, that this is my first year, and he dedicated the book to me. And he read the entire book from cover to cover, the Places You'll Go by Dr. Seuss. And then he handed it to me, and inside was a nice, welcoming message written by him, the principal, and signed by him and the assistant principal and the vice principal. And that was my first introduction into my very first position as a teacher. And is there any other profession where you could do that? I, and be okay. taken seriously? I, I'm just going to... No, I'm, I'm just going to say, I like... I love that story. I'm jealous of your story. Uh-huh. I recall um, with the same administrator, because yeah. we ended up working at the same school, I got mm-hmm. a handshake, and he said, Mr. Brent said, um, great, we need someone to teach, and it's September, so here you go. That was it. <laughs> I didn't get a book. I didn't get read anything. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, your, your story's great. Oh, Cherish it all. We I had the exact same administrator, uh-huh. and I had a very warm welcome. To the point that uh, I was putting on the plays at the time, and mm-hmm. yeah, he no, uh, we're provided about everything no, no, no. for me. Big no, welcome. Well, okay, yeah, he also. <laughs> He's just he? like, you're gonna do what? Oh yeah, do you need anything? I was like, absolutely. You just okay. tell me what we need. Did you tell me? What no, we we're need. not talking about how Lovely. how accommodating and nice. I want like the initial like, I mean, Infectious got a poem like read for him. I got a handshake saying like, well, thank God you showed up because we need you. Mm-hmm. I don't remember staff meetings. I'm sorry. So to, I remember, like, to be fair, the I think, first day of the school, I, I, and it was a panic, I and I didn't know the job. That's, but, no, yeah. we're talking about the minute. So, obviously, Mr. Brent did nothing for you. Nothing he did for, lots me. for me. Well, initially, the very first... I anyway. don't need that shit. Well, I don't need the ceremonial... Like, I think that was, like, like the beginning of an era. You were mm-hmm. the first draft, okay? And he drafted Connor, Connor McDavid and you, right? <laughs> and then we were drafted after, right? We were just drafted after. Just as good, Yeah. right? In our respective fields. To be fair, could I just suggest that, like, You're the Connor McDavid too. era we were in, hmm. it's kind of a renaissance. Yeah. Like, and I mean that in, like, the truest sense, an artistic, humanistic, sort of, like, revitalization. Mm-hmm. If you think about what we attempted to do in terms of the arts, yeah. drama, yeah. art itself, uh, spoken word, yeah. like, literature, it was a goddamn renaissance is what and it that's was. that's why I say... Mm-hmm. That was the best of us. Yes. Everything thereafter is me just doing the job, doing it well. I did get better at it. 
<laughs> but it doesn't mean that I'm a better teacher. I think mm -hmm. what we were doing back then, the intangibles outweigh any improvements yeah. that I have made in the occupation. But we were allowed. We yeah. were given the freedom too. So maybe we should be given more freedom too. Oh, absolutely we should. And maybe if we looked at things like, you know, what the mandate of the actual job is, mm -hmm. um, we could get the better of us as educators. Yeah. And everybody involved in the system. Like, I just think, like, uh, this current, the COVID pandemic, sending us all home, forcing us online, revealed a lot to me mm. as far as uh, different ways maybe we can approach this whole job. Um, different ways that children are willing to learn mm. and actually do learn. Did you find children were willing to learn online? It was brutal. Because if that ever happens again, the kids will see me hang myself on a Zoom call. Quite honestly, it was, it was <laughs> dark. Like no, in the was... Wizard of Oz, you're going to be that dwarf in the background. But... Munchkin. Oh my God. Did I just say the D word? He did. Sorry. Yeah. Was there a Munchkin hanging in the background? Uh, yeah, there was. It well, was. the rumor was the Munchkin died on the set, or like an actor it's who played a Munchkin died. So like the whole, oh, the whole movie is cursed or haunted or something. And I wasn't trying to say like midget, like the M word. I was just saying dwarf because I thought the characters were dwarves, but you're right, they were Munchkins. Just clarifying. Hey, it's all good. Don't I'm not going to cancel me. you. Jesus, thank God. <laughs> I don't teach munchkins. I teach film. I, um, I, I sense the despair, though. And I think I think teaching does take us to those limits. I think it pushes us to the limits of, of who we are as human beings. I don't think... Well, I, I can't say no other job does that. But I can say that I know in our job, and maybe in any human interaction, we're pushed to be the extreme of who we are. And... When that is threatened or taken away, we can feel a lot of despair. You know, and I felt this whole past school year, I had many days, probably more often than not, when I did not want to go to work. Because it's not the same job. Yeah. Like, going to a Zoom call is not the same job as interacting with kids yeah. and helping kids and talking to kids. As soon as you are on Zoom, camera's off, you're looking at a blank screen all day. You know, I didn't, I made like eight espressos per class and like swept my floor. Cause if the kids aren't there to ask questions or yeah. show me what they're doing and they're, I mean, you, you, that's you what saw. you did with your spare time. Well, when I'm, <laughs> well, I mean, come on. It's one you, clean floor. You see, it is great. You should see it. <laughs> yeah. But like, you see some kids like sitting or lying in their bed and you're like, well, some, come yep. on. Like yeah. if this is what's going to happen. I mean, how seriously are we taking this? But at the same time, like, were there any positives to you being at, at home, online, all these things? I found a lot of positives. I had more time to actually... Sweep the floor. That too. Make espresso. Make a better kind of a plan. I actually found my stuff was a bit more condensed and straightforward. Yeah. I got to the point and gave them time to work. Well, because you know, if you start talking on Zoom for more than 10 minutes, mm -hmm. you can see them. You can literally see them, like, wandering off and, like laughing and you're like nothing I said was a joke so who are you texting talking to <laughs> snapchatting TikToking, and you can see it all happen that yeah. it's like wow I had one yeah. student turn on his microphone to oh show me that someone who just left the meeting was talking to him on discord <laughs> to get this his friend <laughs> in trouble with me I was just like turn off <laughs> turn it off yep. no don't do this we're no. not that's yeah. not all right but it shows, a, I, I thought there was some interesting psychological things you start to see. People like, mm -hmm. and they're pointing the camera up or not being there or showing oh up. Oh my for... God. How many faces did you actually see? Yeah. Nope. You ever notice everyone's camera just points at the ceiling? I found in my homeroom though, there was a number of people who uh, 
did. Every day, mm -hmm. turn on their cameras, on their faces. You know as what? per my encouragement. I bet you everyone's homeroom did. Because, yeah. again, that's just being, like, my homeroom. But that was a nice thing, Absolutely right? fantastic. Made a big I mean, difference. Uh, yeah, it did. Oh, for sure. And To see faces. Like, and yeah. especially because they were out of mask. Mm -hmm. I actually, in some weird way, because of all yeah. the masks, I preferred it. I didn't know who these people oh, were under the mask. Yeah. Oh, I know. I was like, who are you? Yeah. Yeah. Put your mask back on. <laughs> You're a monster. You. No. Yeah. No. Well, the masks All had... handsome and good looking. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I remember the first time we went online. So we were in, in the classroom, mostly with masks. And then we went online. And I just remember feeling so touched by the students who did, for me, keep their cameras on. Because oh. they knew that it made me feel better. Yep. Because I, I did encourage it. You know, I didn't demand it. And, you well, know, they you, say you shouldn't you demand it. Yeah, I mean, what could, what could you even do? Exactly. Like, their camera goes off. My well, camera. some no. teachers make so, demands. Well, you can try, but, like, yeah. my... Camera's on. Cameras will be on. They've passed it on to me. They've been told. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right. Which Guess is, what? Kid says their camera doesn't work. What are you going to do? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. But it's when you a, see a student, like, smiling... Yeah. When you say something. Yeah, or they nod, or they... You know, that to me, that touched me, uh, and I felt, but then that was first quarter. By the end of the school year, everyone's just like, no. Even when we got back into the classroom, there were no mask breaks because everyone just kept their mask on. Yeah. And, and I'm a little bit, I don't know if nervous is the word, but I'm curious, when we go back in September, how many students will continue to wear the masks, not because they're afraid of, of COVID or passing COVID on, but because they feel more comfortable covering their face you know what i think <laughs> contrary to what you think i think kids are ready for mask off i, I hope so I, I hope so i think a lot of them did not even like the, the kids i talked to who liked masks liked it for the safety reasons like they were straight up mm -hmm. like i don't want covid but i know that like all of them would have preferred to not have <laughs> a mask on i think really? you're right though there will be a few yeah. For sure. I like hiding behind my mask the way I like hiding behind sunglasses. Okay. Yeah. Here's the reason I like my mask. Because without a mask... Shopping? Oh, the best. Mm -hmm. Shopping in a mask. And you can people. mouth words to people. Yeah. Or you go to some disreputable store <laughs> and they don't know that? who you are. Oh, yeah. Buy that. <laughs> <laughs> without a mask, I'm like a two out of ten. Mask on. <laughs> mask on. Everything's even. I go to like from a two to at least a six or a seven. Okay. Out of 10. But then you're George Costanza. You got to wear the hat, right? As soon as the hat comes off, like you're frantic <laughs> to keep your mask on because you feel like you're. What are, what are you out of ten with the mask on? He said six, six to seven, six which to is seven. interesting. That that's the jump six. That's, oh, a, that's a four point jump. Hey. It's a four. Well, you started at two. Oh my god, you're better than a two. I'll give you that. Wow. Absolutely. Let's put wow. you at baseline. Your average, like the rest of us, had five. We're at five. Okay. Yeah, well, we're at five. Maybe I go from with a mask on. No, you got you got some good you got some boyish good looks going on. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. I feel like with a mask, so I look like Bane. It just lets me, uh, <laughs> which I do. It gives me that sort of sense of authority, right? <laughs> Yeah. Hey kids, I killed <laughs> Batman. Want to mess with me? <laughs> well, you, yeah. I mean, you spend enough time at the gym. Thank God the gyms are open. That's all I can say. Yeah. Get up. 